how would you describe your relationship with depression right now? Well, lately it's been pretty frequent. Yeah. <laughs> lately it's been like, you know, we've been hanging out a lot. I feel like I try to honor it in a way. I try to just not have like a hostile attitude about it, you know? Yeah. What I mean? just, just kind, kind of, of accept like, it. Yeah, this is like I'm feeling pretty sad today. That's okay. <laughs> friends and welcome back to another episode of pickles and vodka a mental health podcast where (laughs) imperfect people have imperfect conversations prime example of that um i am in my apartment currently it's kind of a mess so my new apartment has all hardwood floors and so the acoustics aren't great so when i do record in here i set up everything on my bed (laughs) Uh, so I'm, I'm currently sitting on my bed surrounded by wires and pillows and my microphone and the cats are nearby and it's kind of messy, but in the best possible way. Um, before I get into today's guest and topic, I just want to say thank you for everyone who reached out about my recent episode with my sister Caroline, where we talked about the long-term effects of eating disorders. It was a humorous episode, but like we also got pretty serious and... I want to give a special shout out to my friend Lauren, who um, was a guest on episode 41. She sent in a letter where she wrote about some friends of hers that have died due to their eating disorders. And I just really wanted to say thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us because, I mean, you all know, I still kind of don't take my eating disorder as seriously as I should, even though I've had it for 15 years. And it's ruining my life. All right, that sounds kind of dramatic, but um, it is affecting me on a daily basis. And I'm not really going to get into it too much on this episode because I talk about it all the time. But I'm really encouraged by everyone who reached out to say they could relate or it made them think about things. I'm actually going to read an Instagram message that I got from a listener that I'll call Lulu. I don't know if that's your real name, but it really encouraged me. So um, the first time she reached out was like in the late August, I had posted a question on Instagram. How do you ask for help? And she said, I don't necessarily ask for help in a traditional sense because that's something that is so hard for me, but I do open up to a couple select people in my life just to let them know what I'm struggling with and thinking about at any given time. I find that if I try to act like I'm quote unquote okay for too long, shit gets bad. Just the act of opening up helps me in and of itself. So it's not that I actually say, hi, I need your help, but I do use certain people in my life, mainly my husband, as a sounding board for my insane thoughts and beliefs about myself. It's great to get it off my chest and also nice to get a reality check when I feel like I'm spiraling with my own thoughts. And I just wanted to validate that and say I can completely agree um, because when you are dealing with any mental illness, but uh, specifically eating disorders, your brain lies to you all the time and it becomes hard to separate what is fact and what is fiction and so i like that you mentioned using supportive people in your life as a sounding board uh, i have to do that all the time i mean if, if you haven't listened to my most recent episode with my sister you should because she has recovered from her eating disorder and she's so wise and 
just talking to her about it and hearing about it from such a different point of view really made me think like, okay, maybe my brain is lying to me and recovery is possible. Uh, Not that that's a hot take or anything, but um, I wanted to thank Lulu for sending in that message. And she also uh, followed up with, by the way, love, love, love your podcast. Listening to it is oddly comforting for me, even though the topics can get pretty heavy. It's so nice knowing that there are other people out there who struggle with the same things that I do. Thank you so much for making it. Ah, Lulu, you made my day with that message. And uh, I just want to say that I love getting messages from you all. Uh, You don't even have to share anything deep per se, like just messages that are like, hey, I enjoyed your episode or like, hey, I don't feel as alone. Like that makes my day. So uh, thank you, Lulu. With that said, I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, Her name is Nadia Goest and she is an artist living in New York. And we talk a lot about uh, perfectionism and what that means if you are working in a creative industry. Uh, I know I could relate to everything she said so much. Not everyone knows this, but I work in marketing, uh, specifically like design, and I am a huge perfectionist, but I've also been cursed with like (laughs) undiagnosed ADHD. And so I tend to work really fast and skip over details and it directly conflicts with my perfectionism and it's created some problems with me. Um, (laughs) Just as recently as this week, I had some feedback from a boss that was like, you're turning things in too quick and you know, it's, it's okay to just slow down and do your research. And I was like, oh, but I, I gotta go, go, go. So that's just how my brain works. So I guess I just wanted to say that it's okay to slow down. Uh, it's okay to not turn out perfect work. Like in this episode, um, I talked to Nadia about the catharsis of putting out imperfect work and why that's okay. So I'm going to launch right into that interview. You guys should follow Nadia. She is the host of Expression Quest podcast, where she interviews artists and just creatives in general about their work and mental health and the struggles they face. And it's really fascinating. So have a good week and enjoy. All right, we are recording. Uh, Welcome to the studio. I say studio very loosely because it's uh, an apartment. (laughs) But um, this is actually the first time I'm recording in my new apartment in Virginia. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there will be lots of weird echoes or anything. But um, how are you feeling today? How am I feeling? Um, I'm feeling all right. Yeah. this is the last day that I have to work this week. So I just kind of like got done doing this or that nice. um, for work. And um, yeah, I've just been here like um, by myself in the apartment. My partner like went out of town. So um, just me and the cat. And um, I'm actually, I'm feeling pretty okay today. That and sounds like, that sounds like a party. Just you and the cat. <laughs> just me and the cat. I am a little sick. So like, it's not ideal. I know a lot of people that. that are sick right now. <laughs> it's not COVID though. Yeah, like, it's, I was, it's I was, a very bad cold. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like I always get colds during the summer, like when all my friends are mm-hmm. out doing outdoorsy stuff. 
it's not fair yeah it sucks <laughs> um do you want to introduce yourself briefly for the listeners just your name how old you are where you live yeah sure my name is nadia um i'm 39 years old <laughs> sounds very old <laughs> nah i'm still not used to it anyway <laughs> um i live in brooklyn new york um i'm actually from virginia by the way I oh like my god virginia what part um i grew up in the dc area like in um, fairfax county oh my god i lived in alexandria for a while um and then i moved to seattle and now i'm back to like the virginia beach area because my family is here i went to school um at vcu in richmond so i lived in richmond for a while i love richmond i've only been like a couple times to get tattoos but uh (laughs) it's a fun town it's really fun. It's really crazy. It's like a very punk rock type of town, or at least it used to be. Really? I was going to say, it didn't seem very punk rock when I went, but like <laughs> I didn't really get the chance to properly explore. Yeah, I think I was just like in one little punk corner of it all. <laughs> just my little art school zone or something. So how long have you been in New York, first of all? And what prompted you moving there? I've been here for quite some time, since 2008. And um, I moved here because my boyfriend lived here. Um, we live here together ever since now. And um, that's really what prompted it. I mean, that and also like we had been kind of like long distance for a while. Anyway, it's like a whole story. But um, I was just like, I got to like get going with my life here. I just felt like I was languishing in D.C. and mm like my job was sort of ending and I was like, eh, may as well try to be an actual real graphic designer <laughs> in like New York and try to actually have a real job. That's an excellent word, by the way, languish. I, I think <laughs> it, that's a great way to describe DC. <laughs> Sorry yeah, right? to anyone who yeah. uh, likes DC. <laughs> I, I had a terrible time there. <laughs> um, oh, no. Yeah. Languishing. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird place. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Yeah. yeah, it has a weird energy. Mm-hmm. So you are the host of your own podcast, Expression Quest. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I've hosted this podcast. I started it last summer, like, you know, in full pandemic times. And it was like my pandemic project type of thing. I just was like taking advantage of my like added free time from like no freaking dragging my ass to work every day and just like having so much more like you know energy and juice from like not having to deal with people yeah (laughs) and stuff like not getting triggered all day and stuff (laughs) I take it you're an introvert yeah I could be described as an introvert I am I like people quite a lot and I I love like you know having conversations but I think that I I don't have like a big capacity to do that like I'm not like going out every night or anything like that yeah that makes sense yeah so it was just my project and I was like oh because I love podcasts and I love like radio and I have like since I was a kid and so I I always wanted to maybe try to do it And like, I was going to do one with like my friend, but then, you know, people can be like annoying to wrangle. So, oh yeah. I lived in Seattle. People (laughs) are flaky as hell there. I mean, I can't really talk because I flaked out of our last interview, (laughs) but (laughs) it's okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Do you hear like traffic noise? Um, Oh, I just heard someone honking violently. (laughs) Yeah. This is just, sorry. I'm over here and like kind of 
in the room next to the window but um yeah there's just a little traffic but no you're fine we can um, all close our eyes and pretend we're in new york <laughs> yeah it's it is really noisy here but yeah i just wanted to make a podcast and i was like what can i even talk about so much so i was like art creativity that's like stuff i really am interested in like always and i'm always like reading up on it looking at stuff going to shows going to this going to that and stuff so yeah and it's like that and I know a lot of people from like different parts of my life who do artwork and you know I'm an artist and a designer myself like a graphic designer so um I was like cool like this will give me an excuse to like talk to like people I haven't seen in a while and you know it'll be so cool and awesome and, <laughs> and yeah. it has been cool but it's lately it's been a little bit um like harder but yeah yeah well so I listened to your most recent episode and then I listened to the one you did like solo before that and Mm -hmm. a lot of what you were saying I I can resonate with like just the the pressure of responding to emails and then like recording and finding guests and like kind of feeling stressed about it like it's a job and not like for fun uh, cause yeah. I've definitely felt like that with this podcast. I've, I've taken a few hiatuses. In fact, I'm kind of in one right now. I'm, I moved across the country, so I'm not, I like basically took the whole month of August off. Oh, good. Good. But it's summer anyway. I think it's like exactly. a time, time. I'm just like, you know, not, not be bothered for like a minute or something. Yeah. So do you feel kind of pressured to, with your podcast? Like, do you feel how do you feel about it right now in this moment right now in this moment I'm just feeling a little bit um I don't know like it's strange it was like I felt like it was going good and like my numbers were good not that it's all about the numbers yeah whatever, like people it helps whatever <laughs> it's just encouraging you know and like then I had this one guest on and this is like no disrespect to this guy because I think he's really cool but there was something about like our conversation that I felt like it like we didn't get along that well or something mm. not that you know what I mean like it was like kind of a strange vibe or like you know it's just like sometimes people don't like aren't easy to talk to for yeah. certain people or it's nobody's fault but after that I just I don't know somehow I just felt like a little different and it, mm-hmm. it just became harder after it was some kind of weird turning point so lately I just yeah, there's just like an energy missing. I feel like a little bit less energetic about the project, but I still am committed to doing it. And I think that for me, it's it's kind of served as like a, as like a way for me to just like measure mark time or something like that, or like yeah, like an audio journal like type thing. Yeah, kind of like that, and just kind of yeah, like like a little way to share about myself, and like a little way to like you know to like explore certain ideas which I would explore anyway because like whatever I'm always thinking about stuff but (laughs) it's just nice to kind of just be like no you have to like figure something to say out right now yeah it's crazy how sometimes verbalizing the ideas that in your head you can come to some really extraordinary conclusions just from like talking about it in a room by yourself (laughs) for sure yeah it's kind of like it's like writing yeah I I would agree um, so you said you grew up uh, around DC mm-hmm. and I might be uh, assuming here, but did you grow up like, did you consider yourself a punk? You know what? This is an interesting question because like, <laughs> I, no, I, I love the question. Like I growing up, 
Mm, no, because like literally there was no, no punk culture that I could see anywhere around me at all. Like growing up in the suburbs there and there was like maybe some like hippies or like there was like no punk, <laughs> which is crazy because like, you know, DC is like known for its punk history and whatnot yeah or whatever but like no there was no such thing however like me and my friends were really into like David Bowie like Iggy Pop like almost like glam rock or something this kind of stuff or like we were so into music and like you know the music of the day like Radiohead and all this you know like 90s stuff and whatever so we were just like really tripping out on all that so it's like oh yeah I remember really being into like the um the sex pistols <laughs> which is so funny like I still I mean it's just it's good ass stuff like that old school stuff you know yeah so yeah maybe like in my heart I was a punk but I did not dress like a punk or anything like that dude same like, yeah. I wanted to be punk so bad <laughs> but I was like a homeschooler uh in a super christian home and so i wasn't allowed to even like listen to pop music and so i would rebel by like going on aol and listening to like kelly clarkson or some shit i don't know oh <laughs> that's intense yeah it, it was hard it, it's it's made me the person i am today and you know i have sure. some good stories out of it of course, but, of course. Um, i'm really curious to hear about you growing up then in the suburbs oh oh sorry just to add one thing for the punk thing Oh yeah, yeah. I was not I was not a punk growing up, but when I got to the town of Richmond, Virginia, and it wasn't for like a uh I just noticed that there was like really actually like really cool kids there, like way cooler than in my stupid town or in my stupid school in Northern Virginia. And I was like so excited. Like there was like emo kids, there was like kids like all like you know punked out. Like there was gutter punks, there was like a whole kids. scene. There was like a yeah. whole scene. It was like there was bands, there was like oh, parties and stuff like that. And not that I was the biggest scene. Like I wasn't really like in the scene per se, but I always like knew people who were and I went to this or that thing. So I feel like I kind of became more so of a punk, if you will, more there. I would yeah, say. I'm so glad you you bringing up punk again reminded me a question, another question I was going to ask you, which is um, how do you define punk even? Because I know it can mean many things like it's an aesthetic, sure, it's a music style, but it's also like an attitude, like a movement. So like, how do you personally mm. define it? Uh, personally, for me, um, I think it is, yeah, there's like some people who could be visually identified as punks, and that's like valid. But I think for me, it's like more than that. I think it's also just like anyone who approaches life or like creativity or anything like in a way that is like independent you know yeah. like in a way like where it's like outside of like mainstream or like the typical ways of doing things you know what I mean so yeah. it's just kind of like being being like really resourceful but also like really cool like in your own way you know what I mean it's like exactly it's being like a non-conformist but like and but I think it's also important like that there's a community aspect to being a punk it's just mm -hmm. like the, to find like-minded people I mean I think obviously the music too like I think you kind of can't be a punk if you don't appreciate punk music in a general way although there's different <laughs> kinds but yeah, um, sure. I think that that that's all what punk is to me thank you for indulging me there I'm um yeah. like I said I never got to be a punk kid and I, I just have so many questions 
Sure. Um, and so when you moved to New York, were, were your eyes kind of open to new experiences as far as your art went? I mean, I'm kind of jumping around here. Yeah, it's fine. Um, when I moved here, I had already been hanging out here like pretty often because like my partner lived, you know. And so, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I was just more interested in kind of like finding ways to like survive here and like that was my focus more at the time it's just like finding work and like you know um just kind of getting set up here finding places to live and stuff and the thing is is like I don't even think I really did like artwork really like I didn't take myself like seriously as an artist or at all even like mm -hmm. until relatively recently so I think I was more like not that I was like career oriented person per se at all, but it was more just about um, like getting set up here and just more practical matters and stuff. And just like whatever, hanging out with my friends and doing this and that and stuff and um, whatever, going to shows. Like I always love going to music shows. So that's yes. you know, just having fun. I miss live music so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit back now here. So I, I went to something last night, so. Oh, nice. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry jealous. To make you jealous. Oh, you're fine. I know it'll come back eventually, but I just don't really have faith in people right now. And mm. so I don't want to get my hopes up for anything. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I need to stop myself from jumping all over. You're, like I said, you're the first guest I've had since my hiatus. So I feel like I need to get back in the groove a little bit. Um, mostly or usually when I do these, I ask someone like how the mental health was discussed in their family growing up, like if it was talked about, if it was not talked about. So, um, yeah. What are your experiences in childhood concerning mental health? Uh, okay. So my family is, we're immigrants from South America, from Peru. Um, so we moved here when I was like a little kid, like I was four in like the 80s and so um basically it's like I have this other culture that like informs my life you know and sometimes you don't know like as an immigrant you don't know if it's like just your family or if it's the culture you know yeah like you don't really know what's what because like I don't know extensively about Peruvian culture just from like what I know but um yeah so I will say that like I don't really remember like mental health as such being discussed in my family at all really um but then it's like you gotta think that at the time like nobody was discussing it that much yeah. at all like it would have been like severely weird if like someone's like <laughs> I'm in therapy in like 1990 or something <laughs> and they'd be like what like that's keep that to yourself <laughs> oh my god that's so true like, that's a very good point just, yeah things were different then and just in in general so yeah but as far as like sorrow depression this and that like no not at all no and like you know there was a lot of hardship involved with our family moving here oh, like yeah? it was really hard like you know to kind of start a new life from nothing I can um, imagine and I mean, I was just a little kid, but it was hard on me. But like, I don't think that our family is very like emotionally literate at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's just the fact. I mean, it's like you said, like, it's all about survival. Like when you're in yeah. a new place and you're just trying to make ends meet, you don't know anyone. 
Exactly. It can be, yeah, for sure. So um, how long have you self-identified as an artist? Or would you even consider yourself an artist? You know, I kind of hate it when people throw around that word. It can mean a lot of different things. So first, I guess, do you consider yourself an artist? Yeah, sure. Um, I do now. But I think that for like a while, I did not. And I had like, just a lot of like issues around it. And I was just like, I remember even being like annoyed if someone asked me or something. This was, <laughs> yeah. years, this was years ago now, but I was just like, oh, like, I can't believe they would ask me such a thing. <laughs> like, it's goofy to think about now, but like, yeah, I do, I do consider myself an artist now, but even so it's not that easy to, to say mm-hmm. or something. Like I find myself like feeling a little bit weird even now just saying that. Well, it's such a broad term. Yeah, it's such a broad term and it's like, it's very loaded and people mm-hmm. make a lot of, well, you know, it means a lot. It means, it means a heavy thing, you know, yeah. and stuff. And like, so I think that I do. And I think that that's based on just like having like established more of a, a practice in the past several years mm-hmm. to where I do it a lot more. And I actually like sit and actually draw and like create things like more often. And and I put things like on my Instagram. I know it's just Instagram, but I feel like I'm like sharing. So I don't know. In a way, I feel like it's like if you have a practice and if you share your work, then you're an artist. Like, you know, people have whatever definitions. But to me, that that is what qualifies me as an artist. 100%. And, uh, yeah. So like it's authentic to me. Like I'm like, you know, saying things, if you will, visually that like are, are sincere, you know, and it's not like, yes, yeah, so I think that I do more so. Now. And well, people respond to authenticity and people like hearing people talk about things that they're excited about. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I like the word uh, creator as opposed to artist. I know, you know, that it's a, that's a buzzword in and of, in of itself, but um, I yeah. think I, I like how, your podcast, you you talk about creativity as opposed to art. Well, did, did you say what the, the theme of your podcast is? Uh, yeah, it's um, basically like, it's just creativity in general and like an art in general, like of all kinds of different categories. So like, well, I do visual art. So I think unfortunately there's like the visual artists are overrepresented in the um, guests or whatever, but yeah. yeah. So like visual art, but I've had also like musicians and like performers, writers and other kinds of people. I I really am interested in all kinds of art personally, like as a fan, if you will, like I love the theater, I love movies, like I love it all. And so, like, it's just dance. I, I need to get, like, a dance around it. So, yeah. yeah, it's just, like, exploring, like, what I do is I do, like, an intro that's sort of, like, it's kind of, like, based on Mark Maron's intros where he's just, like, talks about whatever the hell, like, is going on with him or something. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you listen to that show, but... um, A couple times. Yeah, like, it's just, like, a little whatever check-in for me. And then I ask a question each time, and, like, it's, like, a provocative you know creativity question like oh like do you consider yourself an artist why or why not I love it you know stuff like that like you know oh how do you feel about you know selling your artwork or just different things I want to like you know get people to answer and um then I share answers and 
And then there's a guest and I, I do like a little intro of them. And then we just like talk about just kind of like what motivates them, like what they find interesting about what they do. Just trying to kind of peek inside their mind as a creator and like just like the reality of it all too, like what it takes for them to do their work and how they feel about it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great podcast. I love how I used the word authentic already, but like how vulnerable you are. Like I do see you as an artist and a creator a hundred percent. And I, I, you know, you obviously are working in your craft and that kind of thing, but also uh, when I listen to you, I can tell like you're human. You're not one of those podcasters. That's just like, <sighs> I don't know. Everything's amazing all the time. <laughs> Go out and create glitters and rainbows. Like you, you talk about, you know, the stress that you face even with the podcast and the difficulties <laughs> of, of finding your voice. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that like, speaking of like mental health type stuff is like as someone who's not really an extrovert like per se although I, I like you know social engagement <laughs> in a general way but I think sometimes it's, it's really tough for me to get into that like mindset of talking to yourself in a sense but like in mm -hmm. a way that you're like in it you're like into it you know so I think it's just about for me it's just about like finding the right day to do it and yeah. like when I'm feeling good and stuff like you're saying like I'm honest about how I'm feeling and stuff but on some days I really couldn't do it you know what I'm saying like oh I know 100% I <laughs> it has <laughs> been me so many times you can't force it like sometimes yes you do need to warm up a little bit but you really can't force it because podcasting is an art too at least I consider it to be and it's not like if, if you're an artist you can't just pull art out of your ass like on request you know <laughs> some days you, you gotta be inspired exactly yeah you have to like connect with the creative drive within or whatever whatever however people think of it as or whatever and stuff and just like with your voice it's just like I don't want to sound like I don't want to be there you know <laughs> or like I'm like Ugh. like I don't know. <laughs> like sometimes I just really I'm just laid out or something so I can't do it I like how you say you know I'm not really feeling this or whatever you just voice your insecurities in the moment and um I think like I said people respond to authenticity because we've all been there mm -hmm. would you consider yourself a perfectionist uh I think of myself as like a recovering perfectionist Ooh, um, explain yourself <laughs> sure yeah, I think that growing up, I was 100% a perfectionist, like super, super like overdrive perfectionist. And like, I just even look back at like my old like handwriting. It was like this tight little letters. And that's just kind of how I was like growing up. I was just like very like controlled and like very inhibited. Mm. And I think that it like stopped me from doing a lot of things unfortunately as good as it probably felt to like be correct on things or like do things properly and I think too you know in like social life I was just like horrified to say stupid things or something or say the wrong things I was just like so like self-conscious and quiet or so long. <laughs> do you think any of that had to do with you being an immigrant I wouldn't say like exactly that story because I actually never felt that way. Okay, okay. 
I didn't know that that's some of other people's story, but I grew up in North Virginia. There was like a lot of other immigrants there, like luckily in a way. So like I was always friends with like other immigrant kids. Like I wouldn't even say it was a minority in a sense. Like it, it just felt like everyone was an immigrant kid or something. Sorry, that was a huge assumption. I... No, it's okay. It's, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. But like, yeah, I think that it just felt like a very self-conscious child and like I just needed to get everything correct. It must come from like some kind of I don't even know. I know my mom is like a huge perfectionist too. I think it's just maybe like some kind of family thing. It's in the blood. In the blood or like in the environment, like, you yeah, know, some kind of like weird child understanding of life. Like you have to do this or else your family will abandon you type of thing. But like some subconscious fear like that or something. At what point did that start turning around or did you start like confronting it? Oh, perfectionism in general. I think like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm even thinking to like college where like I would spend on my assignments for like the, the assignment was like draw a building and I would spend literally like 12 hours drawing a building. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And it was just like, it was fine and the building looked cool and everything, but it was just like, it was some kind of sense. Like I needed to do this. Like it needs to be perfect. Like it needs to be great. So I feel like things started to like loosen up, if you will, um, years after college. Like I, I basically kind of had a, like a big like breakdown, if you will, like mm-hmm. right after college. Yeah, it was bad. Like I won't go into that many details because it's just like also a hugely long story. But I basically kind of had like a severe crisis and I had to be like um, had to take a time out from my whole life for like a while. Mm-hmm. so and it was really tough um sometimes that's what we need a time out from life in this case it was like forced <laughs> oh shit but yeah it was crazy and after that it's like I really felt like I had to like rebuild my personality from like zero somehow it was strange you know it was almost like a sense like I didn't like know who the fuck I was you know like I yeah. was just like asking my partner I was like what was I even like like <laughs> <laughs> why do you like me <laughs> No, it was tell like me who I crazy. am. It was like that though. It was great. It was totally wild. So, so anyway, that was like a whole years long period of like rebuilding. And then, what did you find out? I don't know. I think that's just maybe it's like slightly part of getting older. You know what? I mean, I feel kind of like I still struggled in a lot of ways until relatively recently, and now I just have new struggles too. But. I think as far as like shyness and like extreme perfectionism, like I feel like I kind of let it go like more so like say five to eight years ago where I just kind of was a bit more able to like do everything like a bit more like half-assed way, like what I consider half-assed, but just like, but just be okay with that because it's like this whole time I've been alive, most people have been half-assing everything and like, they've been fine with it. Yes, (laughs) dude. I didn't know that. I I had the same realization (laughs) because, oh my God, this is a really great topic because I've, I've often noticed this. Like, I, I don't know what it is about our family work ethic or whatever. I just, I've always worked really hard and other people quote unquote half-ass it and they do fine like you said and it's like there's a point where you realize i'm bending over backwards and suffering for this and 
like I'm not benefiting from it. Like the only person that's hurting in the end is me. Like, why am I doing this? Is it to prove something to someone? Is it, you know, I really had to examine why I, why I was doing that. I mean, can you relate at all? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I just found that I was like hurting myself a lot. Like, yeah, you know, especially at work, I was just like, killing myself like Mm -hmm. working so hard and like it was like for this internalized sense of like it's got to be great yes dude I worked at a coffee shop and I was like doing things I didn't even have to do like cleaning up blood from the floor and like I was just like why am I doing this no one cares no one's up there judging me I mean I don't know. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah, like I I guess it was to kind of like please a boss type of thing in a way mm-hmm. or just like part of my identity somehow to just like work so hard and I didn't even think about it, you know? Like I yeah. just did it so automatically and like I mean, in a way I still struggle with this kind of mentality. Like it's it's different. Like I'm not like trying to kill like I take so much more time just to kind of like be leisurely and stuff like that but yeah there's like some kind of like conditioning you know what I mean like that Pavlov's dog type of shit where like I'm put in front of a computer and I am like in I enter so quickly into that like hyperdrive yes. mode and it's so upsetting it's just like oh I'm here again sometimes it's just it's a it's an ongoing struggle I gotta say but I'm much better at like understanding like what my body is doing Connecting with your body is like a lifetime thing. I mean, connecting with your mind, Mm -hmm. connecting with your body. Like, I don't think anyone ever reaches a point where they've done it. You know, like we're all kind of figuring it out until the day we die. And I think if you are a person who, who does struggle with perfectionism, I think some of us are under the illusion that we have to figure it all out by a certain point at least that's how I feel sometimes yeah it's true yeah it is like a lifelong practice I think and the culture doesn't encourage it you know in general no not at all they're just like oh yeah work work through lunch who who gives a shit like (laughs) exactly um have you encountered any perfectionism in your art Because I know you said you didn't really take yourself seriously as an artist until relatively recently. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I still like it's ongoing. Sometimes, I mean, it's so about like how I feel when I go to do stuff. And like, there's like that sweet spot that like I experience at least where I'm like, real exploratory and just like having fun and being like, oh, what if I did this or or like a less happy feeling but like at least I'm driven to do something but yeah. then there's like other times where I'm just like paralyzed by fear or like paralyzed by like aimlessness or something or just like I don't know what to do like stagnancy yeah just I don't know what to do like I don't know what's worth worth it to do today like kind of related to depression I guess it's just like what the fuck am I doing this for like it's like this is dumb. Like, this is dumb too. <laughs> oh my God. Are you me? Like <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel like there's a double standard for 
any kind of artist, but um, I, I love that you used the word paralyzed because I literally was writing notes for some stuff to ask you and I literally used that exact word because I there's a stereotype of artists that they're like liberated and loose and free and spontaneous. But then when you are a perfectionist, you do feel kind of paralyzed to create. At least I do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. There is a lot of competition with visual art in particular, like you were saying. And so it can be really hard to to feel like it's worth it. You know, who cares about this? Um, what am I doing? Like, what are some things that have kind of helped you when you have those thoughts? Not that you're not dealing with it mm. still. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, you know, sometimes... Like when I'm really feeling like I'm suffering that way, I just I just kind of don't bother. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> just don't bother because no one's really I don't have to fulfill anyone's timeline on my artwork. Like I really do it like when I wish to. But then there's just sometimes where I'm just like want to, but I can't or something and I try mm-hmm. to force it a little bit. But most of the time I just kind of give up or or sometimes I like try to fight through it, like I'll write. Like if I write for a while, then I like start to feel a little looser, you know, just like some kind of journal writing or just how I'm feeling yeah, and stuff. It's just kind of like it connects me back to myself a bit more and just gets me out a little bit of the kind of like rut sort of feeling or just like numbness type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. You've probably heard of like parts work. Yeah. Like the different parts of you. Yeah, like sometimes if I write from like one of these parts, that's like the part that is shitting on my artwork mm-hmm. <laughs> and like shitting on me in general, then sometimes it's like if you just spend a little time like expressing from those voices and just being like, who do you think you are? You loser. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like really cathartic, that. actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's like you never know what like might come out. It's kind of like channeling or something, something. But uh, that can help. Maybe it's just a good practice in general. Oh, I agree. I think it's important to push yourself out of your comfort zone and to put out imperfect work sometimes. Uh, I think it can be really freeing. Yeah, totally. Which I have been doing more so too on my Instagram because I I hate that, that feeling of like that I've become too precious for my own shit for my own Instagram or my own podcast or whatever. It's like my own thing. So I can actually do whatever I want. What do you mean by that? To have these standards that's just too high in a way or just like uncomfortable, like just, it doesn't suit me, you know? My Instagram, for instance, like if I were to be like, oh, I'm only going to put like certain types of art that I make on there. Yes. Or whatever. But actually I've just been putting more like sketches on there lately and it's just like, who gives a fuck? Like it's just, I wanted to share this with you. (laughs) Like, Dude, I I literally the other day I posted something where I said pretty much that same thing. Like I hate how I'm always worried about like how the aesthetic of my grid or like the frequency, you know, if I post too much, people think I'm desperate or like trying to find that secret formula. That's not, Mm -hmm. doesn't come across as needy, but doesn't come across as like, I just don't give a shit. And it's so dumb. It's like, it's your social media. Like you're saying, (laughs) you can control it. It can be whatever you want. And if someone doesn't like that, they don't have to follow you. Yeah, exactly. But that's easier said than done. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And there's no like Instagram judges that are going to 
give you a five out of ten or something. That would be a fun job, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So um, I want to talk about your depression a little bit. How would you describe your relationship with depression right now? Well, lately it's been pretty frequent. (laughs) It's been like, you know, we've been hanging out a lot. I feel like I try to honor it in a way. I try to just not have like a hostile attitude about it. You know what I mean? Just Just kind of accept it. Yeah, this is like, I'm feeling pretty sad today. That's okay. (laughs) Some of the best advice I ever got was from my ex-boyfriend. And there was a day that I was really depressed and I just was sitting in his bathroom. I couldn't even get up. And he was just like, it'll pass. You don't have to put this pressure on yourself to get rid of it because it'll pass. And you can just let it wash over you, like feel it. I know it's kind of cheesy to say like, sit with your feelings, (laughs) but it's true. Sometimes you need to do that and it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. And I think actually that's like what my, my artwork helps me to do personally Mm -hmm. is just like, I like make the art. It comes from my feelings. It just helps me to kind of like be there with myself because I think sometimes it's like, I can tend towards like distracting myself, like, you know, a lot of us, but there's so many distractions just in life now. Mm -hmm. So it just helps me to kind of like focus in and just be like, yeah, just feel my feelings, I guess you could say. Do you Um, have um, an artistic process or do you just kind of, does it depend on what you're feeling at the moment? I mean, I think that a lot of the art I do, like I tend to do it at night. Mm-hmm. kind of late at night are you also an insomniac yes i am <laughs> <laughs> 3am gang let's go <laughs> yes i am really uh, i struggle with sleep quite often but mm-hmm. i'm also a night owl like i just don't like going to bed i just i've never liked going to bed oh my god someone recently told me the term revenge procrastination have you heard of this no basically it's when you feel like you don't have enough time during the day to do what you want. And so you just stay up as long as you can to kind of give yourself free time, like not wanting to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like that's totally what I do. I'm like, no, I don't want to go to bed. I think oh, I could do all this stuff. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I feel like that that's maybe how my sleep issues started because I was just like mad at like high school or something. So I was just like, I'm just going to stay up. I don't care. yeah and then you're young you can do that like my my 18 year old sister got like two hours of sleep the other day and then she went to work and she was great and I was like I miss those days when I could do that um yeah I mean I can't even I well I don't want to assume your sister was like drinking or anything but I can't even drink anymore at all (laughs) like oh yeah (laughs) lost my all of my like partying abilities hey that's not a bad thing I've been sober yeah. for years because I was just like, it, it was killing me. And, mm-hmm. you know, not that I don't do any drugs now. I practice harm reduction for the most part, but like alcohol is just not part of my life and I don't miss it. It Yeah, it really becomes horrible, like as you get older. And like, I found that it's like I had such terrible like hangover days, like super depressed and like just, mm-hmm. just bad. It was not good for my mental health at all. What do you think about the stereotype of like the tortured artist? Because I know that's it's really prevalent like in the art world, um, you know, substance abuse and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, this is an interesting question. Um, I didn't mean to ask you about it. I like just thought about it. <laughs> no, no, it's great. 
I think that people who are like driven to make art and create things tend to be people that are just kind of maybe more complex people or like more feel more or something mm-hmm. or or feel in a different that, way yeah like they don't this isn't to say oh artists are so special and whatever but <laughs> I just feel like they are though yeah because most people don't do this yeah <laughs> most people don't do this like you know so I feel like yeah. that's just like that's just to be acknowledged and I mean I think that because of that there's some kind of disconnect you know between like modern life and artist type people you know and and like I think that there can be kind of like torture some feelings there you know what I mean well yeah I mean this is (laughs) not a hot take or anything but like social media has not made it easier yeah it's true it's just like another weird aspect of this society that we have to like fit ourselves into that's a good way to put it Mm -hmm. like I don't think it's a bad thing but it is weird (laughs) it's definitely weird weird it's super weird. Yeah, the way that like we all just spy on each other is fucking strange. Yeah, I really don't envy uh, the Gen Z people for like all that they have to go through. Like their whole lives are basically online. Like, I mean, I felt like my life is online, but that was nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't even know. I really don't know. It's just <laughs> That's like, a mood. Ne- I don't even know. Me. <laughs> I don't even know. It's, it's really hard, too. It's not you just don't put like a picture of yourself. Like you have to be super funny on tiktok and whatever oh yeah don't get me started seems really hard (laughs) yeah it does i think there's a lot of performance (laughs) anxiety that we all have but specifically you know that age now i just sound old but you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i agree it's complicated anyway life is just complicated you have a lot of great guests on your podcast and i'm curious now that you've been doing it for a little over a year like if you've learned anything from your guests or just from doing the podcast that you wanted to talk about on here. I've learned a few things. Um, I'm trying to think, sorry. I'm like, no, no worries. Questions where you have to like uh, <laughs> say the things you've learned. Um, I mean, I think I learned on doing the podcast. It's just been a really cool platform or like a cool project. I'll say yeah. Um, to sort of like, get my feet wet into the world of like having a little online business type of Mm -hmm. thing which is something I'm interested in doing in the future and it's just been kind of like fun experimenting with like because I I do some workshops like some art workshops like associated with the podcast oh nice um which I don't know if I'm gonna keep doing them but I've done like I think like four well, it's like you said, you're getting your feet wet and the like, you don't have to be amazing at everything you try. I think the fact that you tried it is enough, you know, because a lot of people don't even get there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to just kind of like reach out to people who I might not even know that well, but like who kind of vibe with me or there's just kind of like an outreach aspect to this project to like, you know, get people into it that it's just been kind of good for me to like get me like a bit more out of my shell or whatever mm-hmm. and just like be more at peace with like my own voice literally like all the hours I've spent like editing myself like your physical <laughs> voice like just listening to yourself yeah big time and I've learned that I have a lot of filler words like everyone does but oh my god don't really get annoying. me started <laughs> called out (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, wow. it's really embarrassing. I, I have to admit to like editing out a lot of my ums and ands and just like random. Oh, me know, too. Vocalizations. I mean, there's a, and there's a certain amount of that that just goes into, <laughs> you know, audio production anyway. Sure. Uh, but yeah, speaking of perfectionism, that's a great example because I, I used to just edit the shit out of my <laughs> episodes, like t- no filler words at all, no extra spaces. But then I was like, you can't edit all of them out because then it's not like human. Sometimes, you know, leaving in the long awkward pause, it can it can make it feel more real. And like everything, there's a balance to it, you know, because <laughs> you don't you want to make it quality. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's true. And also it just would take forever. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, it does. <laughs> have you seen that meme that's like uh, when you're in a meeting, all, all you have to do is say it's all about that balance. It's like the, no. the perfect response for anything. That's like literally, funny. if you ever want, if you don't know what to say, just say it's all about that balance. And uh, it's like a joke between me and my siblings. If we're, if we're in any weird situation, we'll just be like, it's all about that balance. That's really funny. I like that. Yeah, because it's like sounds kind of deep a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fake it till you make it and all that jazz. <laughs> um, we're almost at the point of wrapping up. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I know I've kind of been all over the place. I don't know if you will, if I could like plug the podcast or if you do that in your intro. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, um, I'm going to give you an intro, of course, but also tell people where they can find you. You can find the podcast at expressionquest.net or Instagram at expressionquest. And what else? What about your Um, workshops? It's it's all on the Instagram. Like I post okay. them there. I'm not sure I'm gonna do more of them just because I have to like start going back to work. Well, I've been working, but back to the yeah. office and like more yeah. dedicated working. I got gotcha. you. So I'm a little bit like I'm gonna just take like a month to kind of adjust to that or readjust or something and whatever. But yeah, um, sign up for my my newsletter on expressionquest.net. I would love for you to do that. You'll get reminders and like other fun blog posts and stuff. And you can follow my artwork at uh, Nadia underscore Goest at N-A-D-Y-A underscore G-O-E-S-T. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Well, thank you so much for doing this, for bearing with my crazy schedule. And I love your podcast and I I hope everyone follows you because I have a lot of, you know, creative people that that listen to this. And I know they're always looking for more podcasts to follow and... I really enjoy it. The the couple episodes I've listened to. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for anyone to listen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your evening and I will talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. No worries. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I said that. No worries. (laughs) You ever just like say something automatically just and make it awkward? Yes. (laughs) Always. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Pickles and Vodka. If you could relate to anything we talked about, you can follow the podcast at Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook by typing in Pickles and Vodka Podcast. You can also email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com if you have any stories or if you just want to say hi. 
Thanks again for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe.